This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you could learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday War Games, episode number 47. Joining me is a man who was once described by Shotino, uh, Shotaro Ashino as this guy. None other than Liam Jones. Liam, how are you doing? They call me the king. No, sorry, you're this guy. Ashino said you're this guy. Yeah, but he, I, it's because I gave him a crown and a money bag. There you go. That's good times. How was your week? Uh, I did very little. Oh. I live in a very uneventful life. Did you watch the PlayStation thing, Liam? We said we'd talk about PlayStation. I did watch the PlayStation thing. It was good. They baited you with fake Devil May Cry announcements? Yeah, but that's all it takes. Just let me know it exists still. What, just a special edition? years of not knowing that it exists. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. Is, I'll play as Virgil. Is that literally all the difference? There's just another playable character? Mm-hmm. Is there not even, like, new story? But, to be fair, that's like 25% of the game. Right. <laughs> is there being another character? But you'd want to play through new stuff as the new character, not the same stuff. No, you, you play uh, Bloody Palace. I think they're gonna ish- they're gonna have a like an arena thing where you'll fight people one on one soon. It seems like that's coming. Oh, like like uh, PvP. Yeah. Ooh. It seems like that's the thing that's coming. It was kind of leaked for a little bit. Like uh, there was a weird Steam leak a while back where they sh- showed that it was now multiplayer, and people were like, hmm. But there hasn't been anything after that, so I think I think that's what it's going to be, though. It's just funny because players are upset that the special edition isn't currently coming to Steam. Mm. Well, I think it will, though. It's going to end up there. Yeah, it always does. Oh, the very like there'll be some Virgil DLC thing that you can buy even if you can't get the special edition in quotation marks. Everyone wants to play as Virgil, Liam. He's obviously the best Devil May Cry character. He, he is. I'm not going to argue that. In my Experience of playing three of the games in which he has been in one, two. two. He's in one, but he's in a different form. That doesn't count. Yeah, it's still him. I'm not taking retcons. It's not a not a retcon. They 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 say it in the game. Lies. Yeah, he's the the um, what do you call it? The Angelos that you fight three times. Lies. He has all the same moves as Virgil. Retcons. Hmm. What is your favorite? What's your top two PlayStation Sony announcements? Well, I did a video on a top five, Liam, which you can check out at youtube.com/garrickkinney if you'd like to see all five of my top announcements. Yeah, that, that was purposeful. That was what I was doing there. There for. you go, setting up the plug. Uh, Miles Morales actually coming out soon. That's cool. It's a launch game. It's weird that like mm-hmm. they didn't say that Miles Morales and Demon Souls were launch games, even though they are. Why didn't you say that on your press conference thing? You're stupid. Ran out of time. Uh, <laughs> they had uh, to follow pay-per-view guidelines. Of course, yes. Oh, it's like 48 minutes or whatever it was, and we have to get out. We can't go long. They can't go 50. Uh, and Final Fantasy 50's 16. Of course, Final Fantasy 16. Come on. Yeah, that game looks good. Devil May Fantasy. More like Final Fantasy Cries. Cry. <laughs> Isn't that every Final Fantasy? <laughs> they do usually make me cry. I'd be willing to bet $50 that in every Final Fantasy game someone cries. Ooh, um, probably. Especially in the more recent ones where it's, like, more tropey and, like, obviously somebody's going to cry. 
Maybe not in like the anime. early games. I don't think they're, they're, they're expressive enough in the early games, so... But, yeah, but then it'd be just like asterisk cry asterisk some texts being like this character is crying <laughs> like twitter roleplay crying <laughs> cries hashtag cry which now emoji. just makes things bold if you try and do that <laughs> I don't like that yeah slack does it and other places do it. it's like no I want to use my text stuff for emphasis facebook it does it now bold. facebook sucks it's, it's a good thing I never use it it's true except for work it's the worst thing Oh, here we go. Bragging that he has a job in this climate. Oof, this guy. Oh, no, I'm this You're guy. this guy. I need a nickname. I'm that uh, guy. No, it's, it's... it's Apparently, Ashino has been booked like shit in all Japan. Oh, good. Has he signed, so, or is he just still freelance? I think he's a freelance dude, but, like, you're going to love this, Garrett. Apparently, they're doing run-ins for his matches. Oh, for God's sake. Why? Why? Is, I hate wrestling. I did, like, I They do. started so well with him, where it was just, he beat everyone on the roster, and then he lost to Suwama in a great match, and then it was like, Because, like, the, the run-in interference thing is a match format that works if you do it rarely. It's like, yeah. cool. I like it in a big match. I just don't do it every single match. I don't like it in big matches. I'd rather you keep it, if you're going to do it, do it in a weird gimmicky match, but... Just do it like, like once like, or twice like a year. White does it. Not every single yeah. match. Then it just adversity, becomes though, boring. I was gonna say adversity though. Like if you do it every single match, the one match where it doesn't happen <laughs> is gonna get brought up at extra level. Yeah. The actual wrestling match is the exception to the rule now. It's kind of like um, Jay White versus Kojiro at the G1, where it's like they really tease that there's gonna be all this interference, and then they cut it out, mm. and they just have an amazing five star match. Uh, sure, that's a rating. It's four and a quarter. Five stars. That's probably the match of the year. Top three. Speaking of five star matches, every week we talk about WWE, Dino- WWE Dynamite and, and uh, WWE NXT. Dynamite yeah. and NXT Dark. That's the name of these shows. Uh, last week, NXT won. So we're going to talk about that first. It's it's That's two weeks streakly, and will it win for a third week in a row? Yes. Oh. <laughs> what a swerve. No. Yes, maybe. I don't know. Will you repeat the question? Uh, Wade Barrett is officially a for a full time fixture in the NXT announced team. He's fine. Whoa. I I haven't yeah, bumped on him positively or negatively in the time that he's been. You know on what the I show. noticed on this show though? What? My man Vic Joseph loves to cut everyone off to talk about the moves. Yeah, good. <laughs> like and like, there's one time I forget which match it was. It was in the Shotzi era match and. <laughs> Beth is about to say something and you can hear like the anger in her voice as she gets cut off again for Vic to be like, and there's a two count. Well, the one, and then the, the one of... two is WWE style. Like if there's a pinfall, <laughs> you have to shout over the, per- like that's, that's an, an edict from Vince yeah. McMahon that if there's a pinfall, the play by play guy has to call it. The really funny thing was like, he cut her off to shout about the pinfall and then he threw it away. <laughs> he didn't throw it back to her to finish her point. <laughs> Listen, I'm like, I'm very much Team Beth at the moment because she called the Dudley Boys Team 3D on this show. So so very much yeah. Team Beth on board with Team Beth. Um, I actually I, I like Beth, but it's like it's very clear that Vic is going to wait more, and I think it's because they're actually sat next to each other, and Beth's just the voice in the like ether. It's sexism. That's what it is, Liam. Listen, <laughs> wait in that company. Whoa! Oh, it's only smoking heroes. Io Shirai defeated Shotzi Blackheart to retain the NXT Women's Championship in a damn good match. This is the best Shotzi I think I've ever seen her look. I like this match. I don't like Shotzi. Oh, well, explain. She's officially 
too cartoonish for me. Wade Barrett was talking about that all through the match. He was just like, look, she's a, she's weird and she's off kilter and I don't go up to her backstage and she has a tank, but she's a good competitor. Yeah, which is kind of my problems with her, I guess, is that like, she's just too goofy outside of the ring, mm. but I do like it in the ring. So, But like, you'd, I need like the less tank tanks. entrance to be dropped. I'd like the tank... Like, for big matches or something. Like, you know, like, make it a big deal. If she ever gets a takeover title match, like, have it come out in a real tank. But I don't like it every match, because it just makes it look cartoony. What if she like started coming out in every in a bigger tank? Well, then we can talk. She then it, it's moved to real shit. <laughs> every week, this, they blow up the stage from behind, because it's a real tank. And she just blows a hole in the stage yes. and drives through. Okay, at that point, I can't... Like, she's the best wrestler of all time. Like, there's no competition. Like, <laughs> if you blow up the entrance, like, Titantron every week... <laughs> Don't we probably like, have that kind of money? Don't we could probably afford it? Like, remember how we were talking about the other day where, like, they'll never spend money except on the stupidest shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's what they should spend their stupid shit money on. Yeah. <laughs> Blowing up the stage every week. Shotzi would only end up getting booked like twice twice a month or once a month because it's like, Shotzi, we can't afford to blow up the stage this week, so you're not booked. <laughs> she probably only gets booked like three times a month anyway. That is true. On the next tee. And this is this is her like build up to challenger. So she actually no, this is well, this was on title even, wasn't it? This is a blow off. Yeah, this was a nothing. So yeah, she's she's gonna go back to the back of the line while Tegan Knox and Candice LeRae fight over number one contendership, I guess. So I'm guessing next week there's gonna be like a double fuck they both their feet touch the floor at the same time thing because it kind of feels like tegan and candace are going to that or i guess just Rhea wins well like we have a takeover in two weeks so there's next week and then the go so ridiculous show. it's it's very it doesn't Remember when takeovers game. were cool Remember when takeovers were like the cool hotness yeah now we're just doing them on a whim so yeah so yeah it's coming up in two weeks so next week and then the go home so we'll have our contenders crowned next week, and then we're going straight into the go home show. So yeah, there's a battle royal next week. Yeah, the yeah, double finish would make sense because I think uh, Rhea and Rakmel Rick- Gonzalez makes more sense yeah. for that show. Hmm. Good stuff. And that'd be a cool triple threat too. That'd be. I think Candice probably wins that too, and they probably pins Knox so that way Eo doesn't have to take a fall. Ooh. The the so the same format as the triple threat in <laughs> your house is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait what do you mean you mean nxt just doing the same stuff over and over again what? don't worry about it it's a company full of originality for two weeks uh tomasa champa squashed desmond troy before jake atlas showed up and okay. being like i'm a nerd but i'm not that much of a nerd champa isn't a star anymore he doesn't feel like he doesn't it, no. come he across doesn't as a star special. Anymore. he feels like just a guy on the roster now mm. and i think part of that is he lost to the guy who had to just fuck off for, because of an injury Mm-hmm. I think part of that is he's now feuding with per, like perennial mid card man Jake Atlas, Mister. I basically never won a match on NXT, and also he is like a heel when he was a face, and now he's a heel, and there's no real explanation for it. He kind of lost aspects of his character because he was like you know he was the you know he was he was a psycho dude, but he was like methodical and why what he like in his attacks and whatever. Now he's just like oh I'm mean, and there was no explanation for it, so. I'm kind of over Jumper. He needs some serious rehabbing of the character to be back at that level again. Because when he first returned, when like was it the first NXT show that he returned? Uh, it was l- maybe Finn. Finn was on that show. So maybe I think not. Him, he was the first one where they went against AEW. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and um, 
like Chapov felt like a really big deal then. He felt like an actual like star and he's gone by the wayside, doesn't feel like a star anymore. I don't think Gargano feels like a star anymore, but that's like purposeful, I think, because he's playing second fiddle second fiddle to Candace for this feud. And Gargano's and at least still Cole interesting. Cole is kind of a weirdo. Kyle is a weird face heel thing <laughs> at the moment, so he doesn't even feel like a star. It's all very weird, and it's like, I don't know. I don't... Him also coming out and just beating up job guys doesn't exactly give the perception of a star either. Mm. <laughs> like, especially when it's, that's all he does. Hey, he's in this big feud with Jake Atlas. Yeah, there needs to be some some changes. <laughs> but he'll probably wrestle Kyle at the takeover, so... Maybe. But then he'll, he'll probably put Kyle over. <laughs> mm. If they're trying to get Kyle over as the next big dude, so... I don't know. Champa might just be done. <laughs> He's like he should have been called up long ago. You know, he's he's run his course on this brand, and he should be in the main I don't roster think where he's he ever going be up. Very disappointing, and no one will care about him anymore. Okay, I'm initiating a trade. Trade Champa for Alistair Black. I need him back on this brand. Well, Champa's just psycho Alistair Black, isn't he? No, he's when um, wilderness. Alistair oh, sorry, Black. my bad. I forgot about no, our I taxonomy don't... of Alistair Black. Yes, yeah, wilderness Alistair Black. Uh, Spud was interviewed. He's like, I'm going to team with Killian Dane. He's my friend. I kind of like their little pairing now, to be honest. So do I. They're getting me. They're getting me with it. Yeah. It's a nice little mid-card gimmick. Yeah, exactly. And, like, especially if, like, Dane has to drop the gear and get, like, Spud-like gear. Mm. <laughs> That'd be really great. Hey, Spud has nice tights. Oh, he had a great look today. Very, like, HBK. With the, the teal zebra pattern. He's, I like Spud. Uh, Balor cut yeah, one I of his promos. Like He's doing things. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Good old Finn. Uh, Austin Theory. Oh. <laughs> oh wait, no, that was Finn. Uh, God damn it, I had something I wanted to say about Finn, and now I've bloody forgotten it. Uh, snakes in the back. Uh, I'll, I'll filter snakes time. Snakes in the back. Uh, back no, of the had, line. Like, he ended. He, he ended his like his whole thing with like a, a sentence, and it was very corny. And I just wanted to remember what it was, but I can't now. <laughs> This is why you gotta take notes, Liam. I know, I should start taking notes. Gotta become a more professional but podcaster. Ah, oh, but I like... If I'm looking at notes and stuff, I try to force in points, talking points. I like being able to just go back and forth, and you normally have notes, so... Yes, notes. Oh, uh, yeah, he, he was... Um, uh, it was something about, like, if you come at the prince, you better not miss, mm-hmm. or something like that. And all when he said it, I was just like, yeah, when you come at the prinks. <laughs> oh, yes, everyone loves the prinks. <laughs> Well, it's, yeah, it's when you cross the prinks. Because <laughs> he said cross because he has the cross thing that he does. And yeah, it's like, yeah, cross the prinks. Uh-huh. I hate the prinks. <laughs> it's so funny. So dumb. But yeah, Bella should be champ. But he, I mean, like... He is champ. I get that AEW does... Uh, yeah, as I'm, I'm saying that I like him as champ. Okay. Um, I, I get that Mox does, like, the thing some weeks where he will only be a promo mm-hmm. on the show. But at least when he does it, it feels like a more organic promo. Like this, I don't like this super, pro- like produced Balor thing where it's like he's in a dark room and there's smoke going around him and the whole thing's in black and white for some reason. It just makes it feel very cartoonish. He's well, everything everything in NXT is a cartoon, Liam. That's that's what we're learning here. Oh my god! I just realized I've complained about two things on this show for being too cartoonish. Yeah, you're officially becoming a grump. Who's like, oh, it's not realistic. I guess I, I don't know. Uh, when you go from seeing like Dynamite's great main event to like Tank, 
It's like there's a way to be funny and to not be cringy. But like there's a problem with like the Dynamite main event. When you look at both of those teams, probably have an issue with being too cartoonish at times. So it's, it's this is not an NXT exclusive, especially Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, but like at least they turn it on when they need to mm-hmm. and have multiple times. Like I'm still waiting for anyone in NXT to come off as legitimate. <laughs> well, the most legitimate the one person had that at the moment th- is Kushida. I was, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say like the one person that they tried to like who was had like a legitimate aura. They turned him into a spooky Undertaker man. <laughs> so, but Kushida's trying to to murder people now. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Kushida should win the fucking gauntlet thing that they're doing. Especially because the particular people he is targeting, he's clearly trying to purge NXT <sighs> NXT of its trash. <laughs> yeah. Do you think There's so many jokes like, I want to make that I just don't think appropriate? <laughs> That can't be a coincidence that, like, back-to-back weeks, no, he aggressively goes after Velveteen Dream and Austin Theory. And he's writing him off TV, too. Or at least for now. Yeah, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the he's coming out there and he's just ripping their shoulders out of their sockets. He's gonna do it to Josh Briggs backstage <laughs> before he even gets on TV. No one will even know who he is. It's like, why is Kushida attacking yeah. this guy? They should do a segment where he literally just attacks some random dude backstage who's just Josh Briggs and just, like, rips his arm off. Uh, he is the the hero but, we deserve. Every time I see these people on TV, it just makes me go ugh. It just gets me in a bad mood. Uh, but at least Kushida looks legitimate. Um, for his two, this is his second week of looking legitimate, though. So he'll probably lose next week. Well, he's uh, he's probably in that weird gauntlet match they're doing. Hmm. Who do you think wins that? Uh, maybe Kushida. Maybe that's why they're suddenly heating him up real quick. Who's Champ? Champ is Finn. Finn and Kushida? That would work. Oh, that'd be a sick match too, especially on a two-week build takeover. Yeah. Because if you're doing a two-week build takeover, you don't want to do like a major story match. It's just like, what's a cool match and like we'll do Gagano. a cool match? Yeah. Alright, I'm cool with that. Let's get Kushida in there. Um, They've probably wrestled in New Japan, right? They were both juniors at the same time. Yeah, they've been in a best of Super Junior together, surely. Surely. They might have actually just missed each other. No, the my, the first Kushida match I saw was a debit match in that Tajiri promotion. What was the name of that Tajiri promotion? The Kushida? Smash. Smash, yeah. I remember watching that match. That was the first Kushida match I ever watched. And it was uh, really, 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 really good. Uh, we... The first Kushida match I watched was one of his New Japan matches where he had the red gear and the blonde streak in his hair. Ooh. Yeah. I think it was pre-Time Splitters. They have wrestled four times. That Smash match, best of Super Juniors in 2010. Uh, two IWGP heavyweight t- or junior heavyweight title matches in 2011. I should watch those. Should we watch all those matches before they do? If they, all right, if they do the takeover, we'll, we'll watch all those ones that are available. Yeah, and, uh, and we'll talk about them. The most recently, 2012, in a best of Super Junior match. That match is probably yeah. I want to see because like Kushida got so good towards the end of his New Japan run. Like he was always good, but then he got like world beater good. Mm. And I, I like him versus Finn, especially you know. So we're talking about Finn, sneaky good year. That could, like Finn. Like I don't think he's in like my top twenty or anything, but like I think he could be by the end of the year if he keeps this run going. And he's one of those guys where you'll watch his matches and it's like, hey, all his matches have been good. What's up with that? Mm. It's almost like he's good. I do like that. Um, they're trying to put Finn as champion on the same pedestal as the Raw and SmackDown champions. Mm. I think that's a neat touch. And what it should be if you want to make 
if you want to make this brand look like a third brand instead of just developmental. Um, did you notice that they had, like, when they did the... We're talking a lot about a promo package. It's very interesting. We normally skip right past them. Um, when they were showing the other champions, they also had Walter on the screen. Oh, yeah. Remember him? Interesting. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty... He, well, NXT UK came back this week, Garrett. Stop lying to me. And I can tell you what uh, the Walter match is. What is it? That they're building to. Walter Ilya. Well, that's all right. If it were... Yeah, that'd probably be pretty WXW good. from four years ago. Yeah, Ooh, that shit was great. I think I'm going to try and do, keep up a little bit with NXT UK because I. Just because I think next year NXT UK will probably be morphed into NXT. So I'd like to have at least some knowledge of the company before it gets morphed. Just watch your old progress tapes and you're fine. On the WWE Network. God, it's so weird. I watched one progress show on the network. It was very odd. It just felt dirty, did it? Uh, it kind of does, but like, I don't know. It's not like they're putting good era progress on there anyway. They're putting like, once the music was gone, progress was like, bruh. Was progress ever, th- ever anything more than just listening to cool songs and entrances? <laughs> well, it was listening to cool songs and entrances and then like Osprey having good matches and then like Haskins having good matches. <laughs> the Marty run was pretty decent, although a lot of people hate Marty. Mm. Some justified, some would say. Candice LeRae cut a promo, uh, the highlight of which was Johnny Gargano moaning about the television. They haven't replaced it in a week. It took him a week for him to actually buy a new TV. It's like, Johnny, you could have bought one last week. They could have recorded that the day after. That's true. But no, they were talking about watching NXT tonight on this bad TV. Yeah, come on. You could have overnighted a TV. (laughs) If you looked really hard, you probably could have got a TV that night. (laughs) But it's it's funny. In this promo, he overnighted a TV. He's like, he he buys a new TV. It's like, it'll be here tomorrow. We have to watch this bad TV. (laughs) See, that's the continuity errors. <laughs> we're going to be sticklers about it, NXT. Uh, and they were like, we can't go downstairs. There's pasta everywhere. I, lo- I do love the idea that they're just like... We, we didn't clean it up. <laughs> no, they're like, we can't clean that up. But Tegan should come back and clean it up. Yeah. And uh, he wants Tegan to pay for the TV. Which, you know, she probably should. <laughs> you know, um, AEW did a, a match for the, the value of a jacket. <laughs> yeah. So this should be a match for the value of a television where it's like if No, I have a better idea. Oh. Uh, Candace and Johnny take Tegan to small claims court <laughs> and try and, and swear to get the money to pay for the television. Joseph Park will be the judge. <laughs> or Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. They seem to be the two classic judges. Rizango defeated Imperium to retain the NXT Tag Team Champions in another really, really good match. Yeah. I enjoy this match a lot. I don't know. I like Fabian and Bartel a lot. You're just mad that your boys lost, aren't you? A little bit. Because, like, the the whole point I thought of Rizango winning the tag belts, I assumed was it to drop it to Walking Wild and um, Mendoza. And they didn't do it. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. Well, they might still do it. They don't really have challengers set up for the takeover. Yeah, and uh, Eichner and Bartel were on the screen for NXT UK, so they're probably going to be bouncing back as soon as they can. Which will be sometime in 2020, or 21 even. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. It was a decent match, but it's not something that I'll think about. Yeah, I thought this first hour of NXT was really, really good, and then the second hour was just kind of meh. Yeah. But yeah, this first hour, I'd two, about, yeah, two I'd good matches, some Kushida murdering... Very problematic people. Some good stuff. 
Kushida's just getting more wholesome by the day. Indeed. Uh, who won this match? Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro defeated Jai Lee and uh, Jessica Maya in a match. She should do a move and call it the Kamea Maya wave. Like, these are the people... Well done. Uh, they're, they're always on <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, they never get, like, any promos or character development or, like, meaningful matches. They're just, no, they just get chucked out there. Yeah, they're thrown in matches and, like, like this every, like, three weeks. And they don't matter. They, they never go anywhere. It's like, come on. Get me to care about these people. The character development was just, hey, now they have matching tag gear. Which is nice. Which is, like, as soon as you see the matching gear, you're just like, well, I know who's winning. Well, like, they're, they're talking about, like, um, you know, women's tag team title maybe getting an opportunity. And then the team that has matching gear and then the team that has never teamed before. It's like, I, I think I know who's winning this. What if Even it's though everyone got entrances, subverting your expectations, and they flip it, and the team. But it that you didn't. Don't, no, don't worry about it. It didn't do that Stop though. <laughs> uh, oh, and Lee heel turn? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're probably going to need another heel, like top heel. So, because Mercedes Martinez is definitely one of the retribution people. Well, she's currently playing one. Whether or not she'll actually end up being one is probably a different question. Mm. What do you mean? Continuity errors? You mean WWE probably still haven't decided who's even in this stable? Oh, that wouldn't be like WWE. I think, I think they know Dijak's in it, I'm sure. Because he just sounds like Dijak when he talks. <laughs> it's like, they have the voice modulator, but it's like, you can just tell it's him. Uh, uh, I, I was thinking the other day, like, it'd be very funny if, like, the big reveal is he comes out and he beats up Keith Lee, and then just immediately into more Dijakovic Keith Lee matches. I would literally cry. Like legitimately, after they were after they became mates in NXT, like he becomes an Antifa guy and then beats up Keith Lee. He's like, oh, that would be too on the nose in so many different ways. <laughs> oh, <laughs> remember when like Dijakovic was like white supremacist gimmick on, on like the house shows or whatever? Yeah, and he started doing tweets about it, and it's just like, what are you doing? Why are you being a white supremacist? It's like, you know, that's the problem. Is like. I don't have problems with people doing these kind of like like weird problematic gimmicks or whatever, but it's like you have to have some sort of nuance to it. It can't just be overt. Oh, I love my white heritage. <laughs> I want to be the champ. <laughs> uh, Drake Maverick is like, hey, Killian Dane, we're friends and partners, and Dane's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> My only thing was about was Dane was like, I'm not going out there. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, <laughs> no. And Maverick's like, all right, I'll see you out there. <laughs> He's like, no. Uh, this whole, like, this match, like, was whatever, but the the actual story of it I thought was really good and really funny. Yeah, so it was Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish against Drake Maverick for the whole time, and uh, they cut to oh my numerous God. shots. The Undisputed Era B team right there. <laughs> Beating the shit out of Spud the whole time. And I love them just cutting to shots of Killian Dane watching backstage and cackling, and everyone's just laughing. And clapping. He's yeah. like, ooh, I love this shit. Eventually, William Regal shows up and he's like, Are you really going to watch on as he gets hurt? And then Killian Dane's like, oh, Fine, I'll go out there. And then he still doesn't help. Yeah. I mean, he helped a little. He threw him in there. And then he got cold fat. And now he's going to turn babyface because he got cold fat. Yeah. And that uh, ends with a DQ after they hit him with a chair. That's going to be a takeover match. Yeah. Aren't you on board with that? Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, I was I was thinking as I was watching this, I was like, you know what? I always liked Big Dame as a babyface. Fuck it, let's give it a shot. I would assume that leaves room for Cole against O'Reilly? I think it's O'Reilly and Champa. What does Cole do? Mm, cries. 
Just going to do a takeover without him? Signs he's at AEW deal. Does a fan against Cole rematch? Because that's something they do. Oh, that would be the least interesting takeover match. No, our takeover is way more interesting if it's Kushida, Bella, yeah. <laughs> Champa, O'Reilly. Uh, <sighs> Jake Atlas. It's really funny how Ring of Honor NXT is. <laughs> how do you mean? Like, there's just a lot of ex-Ring of Honor guys in uh, NXT. Yeah, there was the era in 2015 where, like, their recruitment entirely came from Ring of Honor to the degree that Ring of Honor were like, hey. The undisputed era. And mm-hmm. yeah, there was Sammy and there was uh, uh, KO and, yeah. Mike Bennett. But, like, it's just, you know, Cole, Champa, <laughs> uh, Keith Lee just left. Hey, yeah. Champa's famous for his explosion match with Crazy Steve, not this Ring of Honor run you speak of. Probably his progress stuff, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Jake Atlas was being interviewed outside Full Sail. Naturally, he's attacked because nobody can stand outside Full Sail without being jumped. <laughs> My favorite thing about this was Kyle going, "It's the parking lot, man!" <laughs> like as if there hasn't been a thousand undisputed era parking lot attacks. Yeah, now he has decency and standards. God, this segment sucked. <laughs> I hated it. I just hate that he's like, you know what? I'm not backing down from this this horrible champer. He may have beat me and beat me up. And then he just gets beat up again. I'm like, no. Is this what you I consider like, like even remotely a push for this guy? Yeah, and he's going to just lose the champer next week anyway. But it's like, I don't like champer just being, oh, I'm a bad guy. got to beat him up outside. And I don't like Cole being a weird baby face. I mean, like, stop it. Although I did appreciate when um, Cole was leaving. Hi. He was like, "You're all right." And, I, and I, sorry, yeah. Well, um, as Carl was leaving, he's like, "You're all right." And Jake's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "All right, you'll be fine." <laughs> Just keeps walking. Yeah. Blows it. Like that's like, all right. Has a bit of his cockiness, but it's like, I don't know, man. He's just suddenly but, yeah. a, a decent and a, a defender of justice. Cole Champa, good shit. Hopefully, do it. Oh, Cole singles match on. That'd be the first Cole singles match on Takeover. Sorry, <laughs> you know what I mean, O'Reilly. I keep wanting to say Kyle. <laughs> That's the problem. Just say Kyle then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it gets confused in my head. Cole, Kyle, <laughs> beat each other up. Next takeover in four weeks. Two weeks. William Regal had. Um... No, I'm saying like the one after. Oh right. Well, that's It'll probably be another two weeks. Every two weeks do a takeover. Survivor Series. Actually, no. This is the Survivor Series takeover, really, isn't it? I don't know. Two week over. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no, someone gave out to me for saying stop it in Discord. I will continue to say stop it until people stop making me need to say stop it. Um, I'm self-conscious it. about it and the person's gotten in my head and I'll never forget it. Because that's the way my brain gotten works. Gotten to. Uh, William Regal had two big announcements, Liam. Wow. One of which is there will be a women's battle royal next week to determine the number one contender. And the other is which a new match type, the Gauntlet Eliminator. Which is basically the, the Royal Rumble with pinfalls. Which is, like, something everyone else does except for the WWE. Yeah, well, like, the, that's the TNA form. Well, the TNA gauntlet format has the role. It's the final two there's pinfalls rather than everybody, but, yeah. I think it's going to be, like... It's not going to ever get overtly better royally. It's just going to be, like, three to four people in the ring at the same time. Well, it's people coming out every four minutes. So that should be, like, there yeah. should be more or less... Once they get, like, three or four people in there, there should be a lim- an elimination each, like, cycle then. You know what really bothered me about this, though? What? They didn't announce any participants. Like, I don't know how many people are supposed to be in this match. I don't know if, like, the fifth guy coming out has a good draw in it or something. Like, 
there's no there's no names for it. Yeah. I don't, do you think there's gonna be a surprise if there's no names? No. <laughs> who's the, who's gonna be a surprise? Someone that they bring down to NXT. I don't know. It's gonna be Johnny. There's gonna be um, Kevin Owens. <laughs> uh, Cameron Grimes. He's probably gonna be in it. Kushida. Kushida. Thatcher. He just got his ass kicked again, so sure, why not? Yeah, you know he's going to be in it, though. He's definitely going to be in it. He's probably going to he be You know what's really annoyed me? Um, when they were doing, like, the battle, like, there should be people coming to fight me thing, they showed three people. Mm. Gargano, Champa, and Thatcher. <laughs> and I was like, the goal of you motherfuckers to put Thatcher in that exact same position as those two when he's about to lose in the main event. Uh, listen, he just, he's, he's got to stop studying tape, and then everything will be fine. <laughs> That's it. That's my problem with Thatcher. They they want their cake and they want to eat it too. They want you to think he's a main eventer, but they never want to give him a big win. And they, the, the worst thing is they want you to think that he's this badass shooter, this guy who could manipulate holds and outsmart his opponents, and then he loses all of his matches. Then he loses to Nightclub Alistair Black. Yes, that was our main event in which Damian Priest defeated Timothy Thatcher to retain the NXT North American Championship. Uh, it was. I like this match actually. I thought it was okay. <laughs> This, this, this work, they clearly, did a lot of cool moves. This is your um, Imperium against Breezango on this show, where you think it's good, and I'm like, yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I, nothing made my spreadsheet from this show, but it's like, you know, Priest had really nice white... In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates... It's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, you know, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase 
by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And that's really all it takes for me. Mm. Patrick should have white gear. Whites. I like his black flag gear that he has. Is it Assassin's Creed gear? Yes, he's a pirate. Yes, this is the Assassin's Creed. That was when he was fake English. Yeah, there you go. He's Johnny Depping all over the place. He gets the Paul Birchall gimmick and the Paul Birchall music. Comes flying in on a rope with Katie Lee Birchall as well. She's just <laughs> but it's actually just Katie Lee Birchall. Yeah, it's, it's like legitimately, it's her. It's, it's winter. Winter is coming. Her great music, though. Mm, they should buy it. <laughs> sure. Spend all like it's probably worth like I don't know two or three million. That's a great song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's NXT. Woo! Which brings us to AEW Dynamite, which opened with the Lucha Bros. Lute, no, the other one, the Jurassic Express. Uh, defeating or losing <laughs> god I'm all over the place uh, F- to FTR in a rare a good FTR match probably because I don't know it was relatively short yeah um, you forgot the Bucks coming out and being edgy oh yeah okay the Bucks you're gonna hate this and I'm gonna love it because it's dumb <laughs> and it's just like why why are you so angsty why is this the manifestation of your anger at H- H- Hangman Page like I don't get it it makes no sense. They, they want to ruin the show. Also, I think like the idea is meant to be that they like resent Jungle Boy and Bleachosaurus getting the match. But they lost, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but I just I gotta remember like it's I like how like whatever it's kind of dumb and I love it. But my favorite thing is they they, they get fined and they just throw the money at Tony. It's like you don't know how much they're gonna fine you. You did it twice. They could increase the amount. I would think that's <laughs> it's not the that's, same that, both times. That, I would I would have had been a bigger fan of that spot if they didn't already do it with Jimmy Havoc and do a better version of a with Jimmy Havoc where he stapled it to somebody. <laughs> mm. I like the way it's also, like Jimmy Havoc is di- problematic and cancelled, so we have to do the same spot so we can be like, look at this creative spot we had because we can't show the Jimmy Havoc one anymore. They also did it on BTE the, like, the same week. So, yeah, the, the, the creativity in AEW, the juices are... You see, this is this feels like an NXT story where it's just like, and now they're angsty. It's like, why? It's like, don't worry about it. Yeah, soon the, the Bucks are going to be super kicking people than looking at their feet like, why are we so evil? Why are our feet so super kicky? <laughs> they're going to sit in the middle of the ring with their feet up like a baby and just go, why? <laughs> uh, FTR won this match. It was a good match. Uh, I, I'm Jungle no longer really super, I'm su- not super down on FTR anymore because they had a good match. I thought Jungle Boy was really good in this. And you're a noted Jungle Boy hater. Yeah, I like him as just like, you know babyface that gets beat up and gets surprise roll ups. It's a pretty good formula. Worked for Trevor Lee. He tried to set a, like a world record for number of flash pinfalls in this match. He went for at least like seven or eight of them as near falls. It's I'm, like, whoa. I think that's why I, I like him because I'm a notorious fan of flash pinfall finishes. Just grabbing cradles, grabbing backslides, all that fun stuff. I, I've always said like if I was a wrestler, that'd be the only, that'd, that'd be my finish, would be just assorted roll-ups. You're Brian Danielson then. 
Yeah, I love that shit. I do love the like Brian Danielson's finish at one stage. Well, one of his secondary finishes was a small package, and that's cool. Yeah. What do you? Th- what's your favorite roll up? What your favorite flash pin? Because I know mine. Oh, it's the la- Magist la- la- Magistalk th- that one. <laughs> yeah, solid. Uh, mine's the prawn hold. Oh. Where they like they get up on their tippy toes on their like they bring him down, grab like the one that Saber does. Where he like rolls them back and he gets his feet over their legs. That's pretty holds good. holds their arms to the ground. That's my favorite one. I love the pinball. Nice little bridge. And also there. the Gato clutch. Big good sh- big shout out to the Gato clutch too. They tuck the head between your legs and roll them over. Our friend Matt Hardy has been attacked again. A very bad time. <laughs> oh, okay, this is another thing that annoyed me. <laughs> Go on. Um, I, their match wasn't next, but I'll just skip to it for to talk about what I didn't like. They came out all happy, mm. <laughs> and it's like your your mentor just got attacked. And there's so many like old school guys that are in that roster. None of them could have gone like, "Hey, when you go out there, sell that you're upset." <laughs> Especially because it, it was very very clear in the in the in like the attack that Jericho and Hager are the ones that attacked him. It's like, oh hmm. no, it really sucks that your friend Matt Hardy is hurt. Shrug. And it's like, yeah, they just come out. This is our, they don't have that music anymore anymore. This is a private part. I don't. I can't sing their new music. And yeah, they're just happy. Shot, rappers. shot, shot, shot. Yeah, that, that's a, again. The, that's one of the little attention to detail things, though, isn't it? That AW. It's just I, they don't always have. It, I don't know. Like, I am turning into a grump, but like something like that just annoys me. It's like, if you're doing a big like, oh, you hurt my mentor thing, maybe come out and be a little angry and not be dancing. It's like um, the Brandy thing, where she came out smiling for their big revenge for Cody. Mm. Everyone's just very happy in AEW, Liam. They're all happy to be there. Except for Adam Page. And the Young Bucks, I guess. But um, Adam Page defeated Frankie Kazarian in a really good match, in the kind of match that I think this television show has been missing, because I've given out about this before. But like this, the, uh, this show basically has become like squash matches, competitive tag matches... Or, like, uh, main event kind of uh, feud blow-off matches, or big feud continuing matches. And it has none of these matches anymore, because they've exiled them all to Dark, where everyone, like, builds up their record on Dark, and you hear that Scorpio Sky has won his last five matches, and he shows up and loses to Cody. And it creates that, like, dissonance where it's like, all right, so I I, I haven't seen him win a match on this show for five weeks. And then he shows up as a number one contender for the TNT title. And I've seen not, nothing in between. So, like, if I watch this show... Because I'm not watching any of this shoulder content, Liam, I refuse. Um, if I just watch this show... Are you going to watch the fake the fake Dynamite? No, it's a dark. I'm not going to be tricked it's into watching it dark. and you got, you got to watch Seidel Against again. Sean Spears. If they put him against someone half yeah. decent, I'd be like, oh, it's a Matt Seidel match. He's wrestling Sean Spears. It's a dark in disguise. It's a dark in sheep's clothing. It's a deceptive dark. Mm. And I will not... Watch Jericho it. promo. That's care. main event stuff right there. But uh, yes, the the in between matches, the, the the mid the mid card matches that build momentum, that make people feel like they're actually gaining traction on shows instead of just like oh they won four squash matches on dark that you didn't see. These kind of matches yeah. also was a really good match. Yeah, I think it was a really good match. I really liked Paige in it. I think he's just the the cat's pajamas and all that, mm. you know. Um, he's the, uh, so you're saying he's the Johnny uh, Gargano of AEW? He's better. Uh, Let's throw back to Johnny Gargano. That's gonna that was make, days. That's going to make some people mad. PG USA. <laughs> Adam Page better than Johnny Gargano. Um, I think this match, right, mm-hmm. d- it just took the place of the TNT title match. 
that's what these matches were. Like, they didn't have the same, you know, result in that they were bringing someone up. But that was, like, that's, it feels like that's where that time allocated went to. But this match it was went better to than nearly TNT all of those DNT title matches. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just, I'm explaining to you why it's happening. <laughs> good showing from Frankie Not for that it's better or worse. Kazarian, who yeah, can be Frankie kind of a good. variable singles wrestler. I think, I think the thing yeah. with Kazarian is, I don't think he's a great heel, but he's actually a good, fun baby face. Yeah. Cool These are kind of the matches that like um, Kenny was having at the start of uh, the thing. Yeah, uh, basically, like their stars don't have singles, and I don't need you to give me like Kenny Omega against Chris Jericho on TV, but you can give me like Kenny Omega against Cash Wheeler, or Kenny Daniels. Omega against Jungle Boy, or Kenny Omega against Sean Spears, Matt Sydal. There we go. <laughs> or you know, oh, give me Kenny and Sydal. You know those kind of matches. I'm perfectly fine getting like a mid card guy against the main event guy having a 12 to 15 yeah. minute match, and it's really good, and the main event guy wins. And you're right; they used to do them all the time. Yeah, do more. It's funny, like, I think that I think this uh, whole dynamite felt like a, an old dynamite, mm. which is good. Which is weird that we now say old dynamites. It's weird that I I was able to watch a dynamite from a year ago and feel like nostalgia. Yeah. It's very odd. And, like, to see that people have already, like, changed. Mm. Like, physically at points. Like, and also, um, just because, you know, Kenny was out during this bit, um, and you were talking about how turning Kenny in the Bucks was an admission of defeat. It is. And I will not accept otherwise. I mean, that's fine. It probably is. But I will also argue that Kenny and the Bucks are at their best when they're heels. And they're going to get, like, they're never going to be full-blown heels in this company. They're always going to be cool heels. So it's, I don't know, I think turning in big quotation marks Kenny is really just like, all right, we're going to fire him up for the main event again. <laughs> this is a push for him. Yeah, because he's probably going to just beat Paige at fucking full gear. That does look like the direction they're going. Uh, no, I, I had a problem with the continuity in this match too, because like Hangman Page's uh, nameplate said not in a tag team anymore. And... The entire story of this was Kenny on commentary was like, we're not a team anymore. But the commentators were like, well, Paige has been like, we, we, he wants uh-huh. to keep the team going. And it's like, no. It's, it's I thing. can explain the continuity. His thing said he's not right. a tag team anymore. Remember, remember, last time he had the thing, the thing was that I don't care what it says on there anymore. He gave away all rights to the bit now. Oh. So now someone else is making that claim for him. Hey, if you want to crack open the conspiracy files, I'm just saying, I will shut that shit down. I will explain it. AEW Lawmaster is what they call me. More like AEW Apologist Master. It's ah! not even a good word. <laughs> Hello there, future Garrett editing in here because I have that kind of power. Obviously, AEW Boar Master, much better pun, much better put down. So, more like AEW Boar Master. Ah! Double burn, Liam. Editing burn. Burn that you can't reply to. Ma! Carry on. It was right after you talked about a match that you liked more than me. Shut up, don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, you didn't like this. Everyone raved about this Hangman Kenny, and, and I, or uh, Hangman uh, Kazarian match, and you're like, no, they went too long. I thought they went, I thought they went a little long. I still liked it. I just it was, hey, man, you were on my side last week when we said every match goes about 10% too long. <laughs> you can't take it back now. I actually thought the opener went slightly too long, but that's neither here nor there. Aha! Now for a match that really went too long. Oh, I know. MJF defeated Sean Dean in 10 seconds. Should have been zero. And then cut a promo. Yeah, Sean Dean should have won in three seconds. <laughs> Damn right. Now, Wardlow should have stepped in, replaced Sean Dean, oh, taken MJF's head off. Why wasn't Wardlow in this match? I miss Wardlow. 
he doesn't wrestle on the show anymore. It's very upsetting. MJF cut one of his MJF promos. I'm just like, he's I want to have a partner or a team. The only, the only good. Oh yeah, now we have. Sorry, I was gonna say there should only good thing that can come out of this is if. Like we have segments where each like stable person tries to recruit them, including the Dark Order. Get do like a Beachy, John Silver, and Reynolds segment where they try to recruit him. Yeah, like the only the only pro of MJF trying to join join a stable will be if him attempting to join the Inner Circle leads to the downfall of the Inner Circle. That's my only if my only pro. Places Jericho. No, the the stable goes away. I think that stable needs to go away. I think it's served its purpose. Yeah, I think it. It's weird to say, but we've reached the stage now where the inner circle, instead of making Santana, Ortiz, and Sammy, is now hurting them. Yeah. Because they're just goofs when they're in the actual stable. And then when they're not, they're considered serious. Like when Sammy's feuding with Matt, he, it's, he looks like a serious threat. And when Santana and Ortiz can go out and just do their own shit, <laughs> they, see, they look like a serious threat. I'm convinced, Liam. I'm convinced. Actually, there was a Taz breakdown at Ricky Starks as well, but he said his moves are cool that's about it he dropped he said that he drops the knee and that's why it's so strong yes he spins his leg out and he's great um they always follow mjf with eddie kingston promos and i'm convinced it's a rib to be like look at the the guy tried really hard to cut a promo and then look at the guy who's actually really charismatic and great and it's like just put oh them boy. next to, they always put them next to each other in these shows i'm like why why are you encouraging that contrast because one of these guys is really good one of them is trying to be really good and not getting there eddie kingston narrated a beatdown where his boys just beat the crap out of nerds at ringside and this is great it they should do this every that week. was really great um well because i need to get kingston on I, I i love that they immediately realized oh, kingston needs to be on tv every week mm-hmm. like they went from you know because we were worried that he wasn't going to get any time, but like, they're making time for Eddie Kingston, which I appreciate. Yeah, and they're like, just put a microphone in his hand and just let him... Like, like the point of this segment is just like, his boys are beating people up and he's just like, yeah, go on, guys. Look at them. They're dying. <laughs> and like laughing at them and stuff. Um, and then at the end, uh, which I'm ver- I really don't hope that this doesn't go to like Kingston's crew versus the na- the Nightmare family. Aww. I really hope that isn't the, the feud that they go with. But it seems like they're gonna start doing stuff with Allie. Yeah, which means like natural Blade, nightmares. Get your house in order, and <laughs> which I means that means Allie. Natural nightmares versus Butcher and the Blade, full gear, baby. That's that's the match we've all been waiting for, really. <laughs> but yeah, um, Allie probably gonna is she gonna be the bunny again? Would that be her third character reboot in the year she's been in this company? Uh, no, because I think she'll just be, like, na- uh, Nightmare Family Alley, Like, kind of a bitch. And <laughs> just be, like, moody. But no, like, she won't she... go full bunny again. She was the bunny. Very... Actually, no, she started as Alley, Like, just yeah, regular. Yeah, she started as, like, regular old Alley. Yeah, then she became the evil bunny. Then she, where she wore leather and was with the Butcher and the Blade. And probably into and BDSM and all girl. that fun stuff. And... <laughs> Uh, then she joined the Probably Nightmare Family, cast. and then she, now she's going to go back to being the bunny, or Evil Alley? Maybe Evil Alley, where she gets her soul sucked out again. I think she's just going to be what she is now, but with Kingston talking for her. Oh, sorry, Dark Alley. You wouldn't want to meet her in a Dark Alley, would you? I uh, wouldn't want to meet her on AEW Dark. <laughs> no Allie. one would want to meet her on AEW Dark, because it's a terrible show that no one likes. It's alright. 
Uh, Jake Hager and Chris Jericho defeated Private Party in a, a fun little match, entirely carried by Private Party being good wrestlers. <laughs> I didn't really like it. <laughs> I thought the like closing stretch with um, Jericho and Cassidy was fun. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> there you go. They gave uh, Cassidy a little... Uh, sorry, they gave Queen Anne Cassidy a little, like, ooh, at the end, where they actually got to beat up Jericho a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and then got hit with the Jesus effect and lost, but still. Mm-hmm. I guess this is still... Could this be the full gear match? Jericho and Hager against FTR? On the free show, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like they're built. They, they've got to be building up Jericho and Hager for something. And a TV title defense seems like a weird thing to start building them up for. Yeah, because like Fulia isn't that far away. They need to no, have it's something two for him. Oh, it's definitely gonna be him and Matt. Jericho and Matt. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's definitely gonna be Jericho and Matt. And that, so they'll probably they, do they, like a, a, a TV tag match against. <laughs> and then Jericho, yeah, Matt returns and Jericho's like, I killed you, and they do a thing. And then they do the some broken cinematic deal. Oh, great. Jer- I still no, think wa- Jericho the, the, needs to go away on this show. He's so... Over- I, like, I, he's, he doesn't feel remotely special anymore. He's overused. Yeah. He wrestles too much on this show, especially. He needs to be like Undertaker. Like, show up like four weeks before Full Gear. And like beat up Matt. Yeah, he needs to take. Some, I, I, like, I, I've been saying this for a while. I think Jericho needs time off the show, and I think this show will be fine without him. I don't think like, oh, you can't take your biggest star off TV. I think you can. I think AEW are in I think a perfectly you can fine state these days. Yeah, these days yeah. AEW can take Trish Jericho off TV without Jer- consequence. Like, like maybe not when he first dropped the belt. I mean, like maybe you know, in a COVID world, yeah, sure, but not in a. Like, if say COVID doesn't happen, you probably mm. don't take Jericho off TV then. But you can do it now, I think. And get I think um, the problem is he has no Fozzie tour to go on. Yeah, that's, so we, that's we can't get rid of him for like eight weeks. Didn't he play that Sturgis event that had tons of people? Yes. Oh god. He's done like Chris. two live shows. Chris. <laughs> and like, oh boy. What if speaking Jared, of it's COVID? That'd be fucked up. On the topic of plans, I imagine. On the topic of oh boy, Thunder Rosa defeated oh, Evilies. Oh. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> you could see watching this match, and by all accounts, it was, like, very carefully edited, but you could still see in this match there are moments where Ivelisse is just not playing ball. You can see it on her face anytime she faces the camera. <laughs> She's just, like, she is not amused. The the, the one where um, uh, Thunder Rose is trying to put her in a full Nelson, and she's literally <sighs> just sitting there, and she's just like, I'm allowing you to do this but I do not give a single shit about it. And there's a moment later where, where Thunder Rosa charges her in the corner and she just slumps into the corner Boom. and starts adjusting her hair. And she mm, just does not sucks. sell it at all. Okay. It's like, ugh. The thing with Ivelisse, right, it's like, if you were someone who was, like, ingrained in AEW there from the start, whatever, maybe mm-hmm. you could get away with this. You don't even have a deal. No. Why are you doing this? It's like she does uh, it everywhere uh, she goes. It's her thing. It's, it's, it's she self destructs exactly. everywhere. So what we said, like literally, when the day that she first showed up on Dynamite, we're like, you know, if I can get her shit together, she'd be a great addition. <laughs> Apparently, she cannot get her shit together. And by all accounts, like Thunder Rosa's already taken a leadership role in this division. She's like helping train people, and 
like even though she doesn't even she doesn't even work here either and they're like this is the person you decide to try and shoot on Ivelisse really but it's like I would get it if you had any sort of goodwill mm. but you don't you're new <laughs> She's just sabotaging her opportunities. Again. Not even, the problem is, she's not even just sabotaging her own opportunities. She's sabotaging Diamante's opportunities while she does it. Hey, they get their tag match next week as well, at least. Yeah, and then I least will probably take the pinfall and I won't be seen again. I wouldn't so, have her be seen again on my show. I was like, yeah, you just build Ivelisse up for uh, just a full gear match. Maybe not anymore. Um, I think probably Thunder Rosa Sheeta 2 full gear. Or three at that point, maybe. Two out of three falls. Um, you, you have to have a stip at that stage. Well, Sheeta uh, probably drops the title, I'd guess, if you're going to do it again. And then maybe do dual championships at the thing. Maybe that's the deal. Who mm-hmm. knows? But I, I like... Oh, title versus... Yeah, oh, yeah, that actually makes sense. Thunder Rosa wants another shot and you do title versus title. Yeah, especially if you're going to have the NWA title on TV. Mm. Um, and then we got to a really good segment and... Not only what I thought was a really good segment, a segment where they're like, it's interesting to see that they're willing to give this dude a shot in Will Hobbs. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about the Miro segment, and I was like, really? You're interested to see they're giving Nero a shot? <laughs> no, I was sorry, I forgot about the Miro segment. Do you want to quickly talk about the Miro segment? He's lifting weights, Kip's cutting promos. <sighs> they're talking about Warzone, baby. Cod He's very big. Baby. He's a large man. Yeah, he's going to have a really cool match against Kenny Omega one day, and that's all I can hope out. That's all I'm hoping for in this entire run. Though, based on our looking at his cage match, that really cool match will be like three and a quarter stars. No, no, uh, I think I think he will get pulled up to Kenneth's level. I don't know. Four and a his quarter. cage match said otherwise. <laughs> yeah, we got yelled at for that. Did we? Yeah, VOW Miro Defense Force came in. He's like he's so, had like three good matches in this entire talk, WWE run. Talking about like, his... Talking about his Big E matches and his Jack Swagger matches as if they weren't six years ago. <laughs> and as if they weren't also, like, fun little three and a quarter star matches. <laughs> yeah, we're taking shots at the boss. We don't care. Listen, they're not going to listen to the, this deep into this show. Oh, no. We can take all the shots we want. They'll listen to the first five minutes and go, alright, audio's working. <laughs> uh, get along with each other. Uh, Will hey. Hobbs! <laughs> yes, this segment... Will, Will Power, Again, baby. this... This is one of those segments that felt like old Dynamite, where it's like Taz comes out, or Archer comes out, cuts a promo, Taz comes out, they have a tag match next week, and the, uh, Archer and Roberts have cut a deal with Team Taz to have uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage be his partners next week in the six-man tag. Then Mox comes out, and he's like, Arr! but he gets jumped by uh, Cage and Starks before Will Hobbs makes the save with a chair. He's swinging the chair like a wild man. It looks man. cool. He's like, you know, he's gonna get... I love that they're trying to give Will Hobbs the rub, like... You see something, and you see that, like, people have a good reaction to it. Just go for it. Why not? Yeah, and then Mox is like, Darby will also be our partner. Uh, okay. Which sets up next week. Which feels like, a, like again, they don't do enough of building up these matches. To be, like, they just announce matches for next week. And they, they happen, and they're decent matches, and they, we all move on. But they don't do enough of this, where it's like, they have me excited for this six-man tag match next week. They mm. didn't just do it for the sake of doing it. They yeah. have a purpose. They have intent. They're doing it for a reason. And it's like, yes, more of this, AEW. This is what you've stopped doing. You know who I thought it was going to be? Who? I, I thought... It was going to be Starks and Cage with Archer. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was going to be Darby and Kingston with Moxley. That would make no sense at all. Why did you think that? You think because Kingston, Kingston isn't going to be in every no, role in this show because, now, don't you? Because Kingston's been taking shots at Moxley and at Archer. 
saying he never like never lost the battle royal stuff. In the promo, Archer took a shot at Kingston. So I maybe thought Kingston was going to come out and he was going to be Mox's thing and they were going to play up, maybe doing like some sort of... Because you know how like AEW of old, they'd have two feuds on at the same time? Like do yeah. some sort of like Kingston thing in the lead up to Archer or even after Archer. But Kingston's a heel. Yeah, but you do it with him and Mox. But Mox is a babyface. Yeah, heels and babyfaces wrestle. They do they team together? On occasion, if the story dictates it. Okay. There's never been an odd pairing tag team with a heel and a babyface? Is that what you're telling me right now? Can they get along? <laughs> we'll have to find out. Just you wait till next week when they lay out Will Hobbs and then Kingston takes his place. Uh, just lose our main event. Parking lot brawl. Best friends. Oh defeated God, Santana so Ortiz. Good. Those four men must have been so sore after this match. <laughs> One of the best Dynamite uh, matches ever. There's a moment, that's high praise, but there's a moment in this match mm. where Trent takes a powerbomb onto the roof of a car and then literally so 15 nasty. seconds later takes a double powerbomb through the windshield of a car. Oh, <laughs> like, so sick. Every spot in this was bad. amazing. Chuck's doing his like, little stump pile driver on the thing, the crunchy through the door. Mm-hmm. I love that doors have become a mainstream wrestling weapon. And Tony is like explaining what kind of door it is. Very, very good tone. Tony's a good commentator, letting us know. I, 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 there's not a bad thing I can say about this match. I yeah, love everything about it. I loved the presentation of Santana and Ortiz. Which I want more of. I'm sick of them being goose. This is, they're street fighters. They should be beating the shit out of people, not doing cartoon comedy with Chris Jericho. And I really like um, Chuck Taylor continuing to prove that he's like the best plunder worker of the 2010s. Yeah, killing people. And Trent, on, uh, Trent, all, in fairness, Trent is right up there with them. So that, uh, the reason I'm not putting Trent in there is because Chuck's literally been doing it all 10 years. Mm. <laughs> like, I'd say like, Trent's just as good, but, like, uh, Chuck has the decade behind him <laughs> of doing it. Wasn't the decade a Ring of Honor stable? Yes, when he was in Ring of Honor. He was in Ring of Honor for a little bit. I tweeted the other day, remember his New Japan run where he became a crazy man? <laughs> yeah. And they built him up to face Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. New Japan you remember the time he showed up at TNA? I do. Was it like he a weird, like, one night only? It was a one night only. He wrestled Spud. I'm like, out of, it's funny, I was, I was, oh god, I say it's funny a lot. That's my, your, that's bad thing, don't be bad. <laughs> like, mine's, it's funny. Um, I was remembering the other day, uh, Chuck Taylor, why am I blanking on this now? Oh god, I had a, such a good point. God damn it. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to say that, like, out of everyone in AEW, the person that I'm most happy for to get onto a, a main stage onto national television is Chuck Taylor. I'm so happy for that guy. He should win the AEW title. Maybe not that. It's like him and Kingston are the two that I'm like, ooh. And Kingston should win the title. Kingston's already been on national TV. You stop it. Don't, don't you disrespect Pop. Yeah, but was he? <laughs> don't you disrespect Pop. The DCC? Is that what he was? Like 300,000 people watch Kingston on TV. There you go. Uh, like, there's three to four se- stage. <laughs> I was going to say, now 700,000 more. It's closer to six most weeks. Actually, it's closer to five most weeks. Let's, not, let's be real oh, with AEW's audience I'm going on the peaks, baby. I'm talking about the peaks. You have to look at the quarter hours on that show to see was he in a segment that had a million viewers. We should break down the quarter hours, baby. We're that's not our, new, break that's down our Patreon content. Hours. No. <laughs> 
There's literally, literally nothing I'd, I'd, I'd rather do less than break down quarter hours. Really. Yeah, unless you're paid for it. Technically, at some stages, I am paid for it. Um, yeah. yeah, Chuck and Trent won. Great match. Great main event. There you this go. Is, I was saying, to, I think this might be my second favorite tag match this year. What's your favorite? The Fulgar, the Revolution one? Yeah, that's like the second best tag match of all time. But Of all time? Is... What's the best tag match of all time? Is it also the Young Bucks against Kenny and Thing? Man, Kota? You know, you know it is. You uh-huh. know it is for me. Name a more Liam tag match. It should be America's Most Wanted against Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger in a strap match. That should be your favorite tag team match I do, of all I do time. love the Swing Man. Yeah. This is pre-Swing Man, Swing Man, though. Oh, what's the point? Um, what were we talking about? Oh, uh, yeah. Tags. Main event. Main event's great. Prior to, uh, PMP should be booked better. Yes. Uh, the dead president's face paint looked sick with the blood coming down. Yes. Um, oh, my God. The ending. <laughs> the freaking thing through the thing. No, no, no. The best friend's getting in the van. Oh, yes, it's Sue. It's Sue. Orange getting in the front, driving off. Sue just... Chugging out the fucking finger as they go off. Get wrecked, Santana Ortiz. So I'm guessing best friends FTR at full gear? That would make more sense probably than the Jericho and Hager match. I think that's a TV match if they do it. Yeah, so... And hopefully this is the presentation of Santana Ortiz going forward as as badasses, not as goofs. God, can you imagine the cringy FTR promos about comedy workers <laughs> against oh, Chuck Taylor and Trent? I don't want it. That is bad. Get out of our tag division, you comedy workers. <laughs> Just cutting Jim Cornette promos. This is so upsetting. Uh, Alright, match of the week? Uh, the main event. That match is great. This is Everyone should be watching that. That's like one of the... Like, that's what I want from AEW right there. I actually thought there was a ton of good wrestling on both these shows. I thought the the opening tag match was good. Hangman and Kaz was good. That main event was good. Uh, EO and Shotzi was good. And um, Imperium against Brizango was good. So it's like and five. I like the like, main event. So, le- so. Yeah, you like that too. Yeah. So six between the two of us matches legitimately worth watching across these shows, which is maybe one of the best Wednesdays of wrestling on these shows. Mm. Uh, I saw some people saying that this was like one of their favorite Dynamites ever. Uh, it's a, without the crowd. I, I don't think I could ever say that a crowdless dynamite is as good as one of the red hot crowd dynamites. It just it's just not the same. But this this is a like there are episodes of dynamite through the summer that people have been propping up as good and they just haven't been. Especially when you see a show like this, a show an episode of dynamite that is legitimately good, and it's like stop settling for less with this company. I get you want to like it. I get you like it. People gotta stop settling for less. This is it what can they be can so do. Much better. Like, this is what these shows can look like. Let's not settle for these aimless shows that meander towards pay-per-views where none of the matches matter and the matches aren't even that good. Like, Mm. this is stuff that's building toward things that they're trying to make meaningful matches for next week. Guys are cutting good promos. It's like, this is they're elevating people. This is what this show should be. Not the aimless, meandering, pointless, mediocre shows we got through the summer. Mm. Damn. And it's right. It's like, it's completely right. Yes, uh, sure. show of the week. Uh, 100% AEW. Poor NXT. The streak was over. I, I literally DM'd you after Dynamite. It's like, oh, poor NXT streak is going to be over. NXT had a very good first hour. I'll give them that. Their first hour is actually really enjoyable. Both shows were good. Yeah, but, but probably not as good as the first hour of AEW, but it's still like a good hour of TV. And the second hour of uh, NXT was just kind of there. 
except for your the main event that you liked. But yes. um, I have a question for you, Garrett. Fire away. I need you to give me a number between one and three hundred and thirty-six. Oh, we never did the best. All right, we're gonna go late. We're gonna go three fifty-two. And I'm gonna this, the, the bit's changing. Oh. I'm gonna dub this segment the problematic page. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we're gonna open up this page and we're gonna see if there's a problematic pro wrestler on it. <laughs> oh, well, there probably is. All right. Oh no, Garrett, you picked one with match results. I need you to redo it. Uh, two twenty-two. Two twenty-two. Two Vamp, damn it. Uh, this is one of Liam's famous bits. One of the things right. you come to our podcast. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> um. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Two twenty-two. You said. Mm-hmm. You picked the WWE in the movies page. Oh, of course. So Hulk Hogan's probably there. Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, <laughs> Roddy Piper, uh, John Cena, Kane, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Are any of these people problematic? Yes, at least two of them. Hmm. I think. Well, Piper did the blackface. Yeah. So there's blackface. There's just outright racism. There's domestic <laughs> abuse. So this is this is the page. Sure. The next page had the New World Order on it, which was also great. Yeah, there you go. There's our problematic wrestlers of the week. Yeah, we're going to... Uh, that's, that's the new bit, because the other bit requires me thinking of a quiz question on the spot. So we're just going to open it and laugh at the people on there. You can follow us on Twitter at WarGamesPod, where you can vote in the poll, which, by the way, uh, I never actually said what the result of the poll was. It was uh, 86%. 14 <laughs> AW, so yeah, quite the dominance for all elite wrestling. If you'd like more uh, AW coverage in your podcasting feed, you can listen to everything elite. If you'd like more WWE television show coverage in your podcasting feed, you can listen to Shake Them Ropes. You can follow me on Twitter at Garrickin. You can actually currently follow Liam on Twitter at Larrikin. Thanks for listening, and bye bye. I kept my thing open because I got interactions and it makes me feel validated. Ah, the number is filling the hole in your heart. Ah, something has to. Bye. <laughs>